Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara Sands. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Fishers of Men. Today we have an amazing guest, Cindy Blue, who is the author of The Four Man Plan. And yes, we are going to answer what that means. Cindy, would you like to give us a little quick bio? I know your hand is in a lot of things. Before we hit record, we were talking about a VR thing that you were about to get into, but I know you were also in a couple of films and you just have, right now you are doing singing in some lounges. Like, like tell us about your life. You yeah. have such an enchanted life. Well, you know, I'm a lifelong student of all things, right? So in order to keep things interesting, I really like to expand and learn a couple new things a year. So it might be something new that I'm doing or something that I'm getting better at. So this year I moved to Mexico and that Mm. has helped me um, expand on two things I really wanted to get better at, which is Spanish and singing. So those things are happening simultaneously since I'm living here in Mexico. And I wanted to still be a performer, you know, for 20 years I was an actress and then I uh, really, the four man plan started as a one woman show and mm. when I did it initially, the preview of it, women were like, where's the book? Where's the book? So I was like, oh, I need a book. So I wrote a self-published version for the full-length show, which was 75 minutes. And then from there, I got published by Random House in seven different languages. And that's when the full-blown version of the format plan was developed. So, you know, it's it's one of those things you get to a certain age and if you stay interested and you stay curious about things, you end up getting all of these weird titles and skills um, so that you seem a little <laughs> bit like a mad woman, you know, I sew, I do this, I do that, you know, but uh, it, I'm on a certified aromatherapist. I ran a business with um, my ex-husband with that in Malibu for a while. Um, it's just a matter of following where you are and what is exciting you at the moment and things just blossom from there. So I keep doing that. Wow. You're living out one of my many dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things living in LA, especially when you come out here with your dreams, you kind of have your day job and then you live your dream elsewhere. (laughs) But then also you end up acquiring a bunch of side hustles and talents and then you discover things that you didn't even know you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. You you kind of expand yourself and it's, it's pretty, pretty great. Um, Exhausting. I'm (laughs) sure you are exhausted, but it sounds so fulfilling (laughs) that you're doing exactly what you want, how you want to do it. And it sounds awesome. And so you had told us before that uh, in the area where you're living now, you're able to actually put the four-man plan into practice and it's benefiting you. So can you give us a little rundown about the four-man plan and how you're using it now? Absolutely. So I developed the four-man plan when I was in my late 20s because the fairy tale was shattered. I mean, I mm. had 
I was just a tragic dater and uh, serial monogamist, you know, so I, anybody I slept with or showed any interest in me, I would try to turn it into something mm-hmm. that maybe they weren't mm-hmm. even a good fit for me. It wasn't, you know, so many things could be wrong. And it was really coming from a, a place of not feeling very empowered. You know, if they were interested in me, then I try to make something happen. And I wasn't really oh, giving yeah. myself a lot of choice, you know, and then sex became this thing's like, now you're my boyfriend. It's like, no, that doesn't make somebody your boyfriend. And mm-hmm. these things were very unspoken and then messy. Right. So yeah. I went through another horrible break up with somebody I wasn't even with. <laughs> and I just said, you know what? Funny how that I was like, are we breaking up? He's like, from what? You know? So- <laughs> Goodness. I was like, well, I guess whatever we had is over. Yeah. yeah. And I was just humiliated once again. And I thought, you know what? Mm. I am doing everything wrong in this area. I'm a smart woman. I built, you know, like we talked about, it's like I could, I had, it's not just I had these hobbies. I've had careers, you know, I was an right. actress yeah. on television and in yeah, film girl. and I did national commercials and I have a SAG pension. I was amongst the top 5% of all actors you know, really running it as a business. Um, and yet when it came to men, I just fall apart. You know, I just have no mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. I, I wouldn't respect myself. I wouldn't necessarily respect other women. You know, I would just mm-hmm. act out in ways and, and, and project on men and do all these things. I thought, you know what? I need to integrate my intelligence with my heart and see if I could use one to manage the other instead of just tossing one out completely because I'm, I was such an emotional being, you know, when it came to that. So instead of feeling so divided, I just decided to unite my two sides and basically do the opposite of everything that I had been doing that wasn't working. So I I started designing the four man plan one step at a time. Um, I was a serial monogamous. So I thought, well, what if I dated multiple men? Mm -hmm. That was the first Hmm. step, you know? And hey, (laughs) how about if I was like really honest with every single person, you know? How honesty. Yeah. <laughs> honesty is hard though. Honestly, you know, it's hard. like there's something about hard. especially someone that you're interested in, there's just something that's so scary about just like being real and being honest. Because I think there's there's a part of all of us that just wants to like, oh, what do I do so that they'll like me? Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and that can get to be a bit of a disaster once you start getting into third, fourth, and fifth dates and you can't hold up that mask anymore. You know, that's not really who you are. And when you're dating multiple men, the other thing about the four-man plan is like, you know what? Go out with men that you're not goo-goo-gaga over so you can exercise being yourself in front of them because when the stakes are low, you don't see – the your future husband potentially sitting in front of you and by the way they don't like being cast in a role on the first date right so <laughs> it's, just, it's really nice if you can just be natural in yourself because you're like hey this is not necessarily my cup of tea so let me go on this date with me and see if i can show up and see if i like this person as myself 
Yeah, mm-hmm. not trying to put up. And facade. like myself, while mm-hmm. I'm there with this person, regardless of who they, uh, how they fit into my interview or application bill. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's much more valuable. You exercise your authenticity with multiple men and see who responds to that and, and see that. how you respond to that response. Right. So it just became this much more natural, fluid way for me to be. And then the principles and the theorems and the postulates of the four man plan built off of that. That's really, really great because um, I think that sort of giving yourself an intention gives meaning to dates where otherwise it can start to feel so like hopeless and you kind of get to a point where you're like, why am I even doing this? This is a waste of time. You know, yeah. I'm just going out with these guys that like I, I don't really like and I feel like I'm not meeting anybody. But if you actually see it as like, okay, there's an opportunity here. There's something that I'm going to learn about myself. I'm going to practice do, I'm going to set an intention kind of and practice Mm -hmm. doing something, you know, like Mm -hmm. being authentic or, you know, trying not to tell weird stories at the beginning. You know, I think that is so important. Yeah. You (laughs) do get to exercise little things. I mean, the, the basic thing about the four man plan is it's structure, Right. So anything, any art form needs a structure. If you're a fine artist, you need a canvas and you need paint. You need the borders of those canvas to have a vision. And it could be whatever you want. Right. So Hmm. when you think about music, it's like there's structure. Every single art form has structure so that within that structure, there's freedom. And for me, with dating and men, with all the great advice that I had gotten and read about, there was still no structure to work off of. So the four-man plan gives you an actual graph that you can design your love life within, and then you swap that out every week and redesign it because the men shift and change based on their value. And you can assign them a quantified value that, you know, unlike the male scales, like, well, how hot is she? Then she's a 10 or she's a seven, right? Right. The four-man plan quantitative value is about your connection with those men. You know, have you had physical intimacy? Are you emotionally invested? Have you told them the truth about X, Y, Z? You know, these kinds of experiences are what quantify the men for you based on how long you've known them, how much interest you've expressed, and the amount of connection that you have with them. So it's a much more... Um, you know, cause people go like, I can't date more than four guys. Like, sure you can, you know, you're, 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 you've got your lover and then you've got this guy at work that you've had this huge crush on. And then there's this one that's been talking to you and you don't know what he wants from you, but you think he's flirting, you know, they're, they're out there anyway, in your manscape, right? You just don't know what to do with them. So you don't know how to look at them or put them into perspective. So the structure gives you a way to see all of your opportunities and and then choose a direction. You know, at the same time, you're learning about yourself because when you have that structure, you see patterns. Mm-hmm. 
about you. You become the common denominator. And I think there's a habit that we have as women is that we're searching, we're looking Mm -hmm. for the right guy to magically appear fully formed, right? He's the perfect being. (laughs) To descend from heaven. Yeah. (laughs) And, And either we think like we're a perfect being or we think that that perfect being we're going to just match up with, and then we're going to become a perfect being. And that just ain't it. You know, Mm -hmm. when you are dating more than one man and you see like, oh, oh, they're both kind of looking at me like I'm being needy, you know, then maybe you can take your foot off of that pedal and be like, I don't want to be needy because I don't want to be with somebody who's needy, or I don't want to be jealous because I don't want to be with somebody who's jealous. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can change your vibration by observing yourself as a common denominator with multiple men. Yeah. And your book talks about the linear and the creative and being able to use both of those. And so to me, that kind of talks about there is a methodology involved and you don't have to sacrifice the romanticism or the romantic or, you know, these notions of the creative where, you know, we still like to see those those beautiful things in relationships, but it's staying focused and on a plan. And so with that, I would love for you to go more into like the method. Like when, when people say the four man plan, you know, people can think, so I'm dating only four men at a time or four men total, or when you're talking about swapping men out, can you kind of get paint us a uh, kind of a, a better graph of what that looks like. In my mind, I see four, four, I, you know, you have this in your book, like you have four squares, right? But can you describe that a little bit more for our Absolutely. audience just listening to this for the first time? <laughs> yeah, you know, in order to not make people feel intimidated, like how am I going to find four men? Well, you, you start with what's already in your environment, like I said, right? And every man starts as a quarter of a man so (laughs) (laughs) women had three quarters of a three quarters of a a person for centuries so yeah so they start out as a quarter of a man and that is then turns four whole men so we're going to get into fractions a little bit right so there's four quarters (laughs) yeah yay math so there's four quarters for a whole it helps with visuals which is why it's great to get the book because all these visuals are in there yeah Um, yeah. but if you're talking about four whole men, you actually have room for 16 quarters. Now, that might seem outrageous to people unless lately if you've done any online dating where yeah. you start to get all these pings and dings and winks and dinks and you know what I mean? The next thing you know, you have an inbox of 30 or 40 guys that are interested in you. And now you're overwhelmed. Well, if you're just starting out, you go like, okay, let me whittle this down to um, 16 that I actually want to respond to. Now you're working with a full graph of 14 or 16 quarter men. And that's enough, right? So when I say the four men plan, (laughs) when I say the four man plan, I'm always telling women, generally, we just mean more than one. It means to not be a serial monogamous and just Mm. cling on to one in hopes of dot, 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 right? And and maybe they're not even on board with that. So you've put an agenda on them that they've not even agreed to. Mm, And that can put a strain on something from the get-go that could be magical if you gave it time to grow organically. 
right? So once, so somebody's a quarter of a man, if that you've not really gone on a date, or maybe you've gone on one date or coffee or something like that. And then they jump to a half a man when you cross the threshold of letting them know that you're dating other men. Hmm. Oh, so that's not something that that they just assume, because I just assume it of everybody. And I just assume that everybody else assumes it of me. You know what, this day and age, that's more of a, a normal thing. But Back in the day when I wrote the four man plan, um, <laughs> which was 1990, well, I first did it in nine. Oh God, I'm really gonna date myself now, but I first <laughs> did it back in I think it was 1990 is when I first oh, sort of put it together. Way before right? online. the book. Yeah, it was before online dating and what little online dating there was, was stigmatized. Mm -hmm. I remember the first thing I did was like put an ad in some actual newspaper thing. And then I had this weird mailbox on the phone, you know, like where I had this weird voicemail where yeah, that's great. My uncle was, even did like a video service where you like tape yourself and oh, then like you get yeah, tape. yeah. So that was back, you know, back in the OOS um, when we were doing that kind of crazy stuff, and it was much more stigma stigmatized. But even so, what you're practicing when you have a man, H A L V E, a man, is that you're practicing having a hard conversation with somebody. Right. So you're, you're, and you're practicing speaking your truth that is relevant to the other person, but doesn't necessarily mean that other person in that moment has an actual say about your life. And this is, um, something that people need to practice. Yeah. Right. So to say, you know what, I'm having such a fun time on this date with you. And, you know, maybe you do base it on it's like, I'm assuming you're seeing other people. Well, I am too. Right. But so far, you are the most gentlemanly of them all. Thank you so much for pulling out my chair and opening my door. I noticed that. So that's a really great way to pump them up, let them know what you like, teach them how to please you authenticate yourself and be, you know, just true. And then you get the delightful opportunity to see what their response is to that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of information that you're going to get right away when you tell somebody that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Cause mm-hmm. either they're going to respond in kind with truth. I, I'll tell you what, most men are relieved. They'll go like, Oh, thank God you're not interviewing me for and sizing me for a tuxedo in this moment. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's like, <laughs> right. It's just like, it, it really actually loosens up the whole situation. So practicing just being able to say that. So I recently had to rehave my two and a quarter because, you know, what we say in the four-man plan community, if you're <laughs> an active four-man planner, is to have your men early and often because sometimes, you know, you say, oh, yeah, of course, we're seeing other people. We met each other online. And then you go on four or five, six dates, and maybe you've had an intimate encounter with them. And then assumptions start to get made on either Mm. side that, oh, now we're boyfriend, girlfriend, right? So it's really important to clarify that frequently because one of the main tenets of the four-man plan is you want that man to step up and request exclusivity from you. 
They have to make that actual statement of you and you make a decision and you negotiate the boundaries of that um, through that conversation, right? So if I rehave my two and a quarter who we've just been having a lovely time as lovers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. lovers, um, I just wanted to clarify for him that you, like it's cool, right? That we're just free to see other people. Now, at that moment, he could have been like, you know, I've kind of been thinking about it and maybe we can shift the dynamics. But he just went like absolutely fully on board with that. Right. So that, again, I got this important piece of data that we were in agreement about where we are. It's kind of amazing when you realize that some people are able to just say that kind of stuff out in the open, mm-hmm. <laughs> when, especially when like my mentality for most of my life has been like, I'm just going to not say stuff and then just assume stuff will just, that kind of mm. stuff will naturally be understood with time mm. and it never works out. Yeah. <laughs> it never works out because that's yeah. not, it's, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's just immature. Right. Yeah. And this, yeah. this path to emotional maturity and what we're all seeking is ultimately a mature, loving relationship, whether you're, you know, straight, gay, pan, poly, it doesn't really matter. You need to be able to open your mouth and have the courage for 20 seconds to ask for for what you want or speak your truth. Yeah, for sure. Right. And the practice of that, and that's something that my four-man planners, after you've done a semester, we like to say, you know, which is like <laughs> three, to, three to four months. And this is the other nice thing about the four-man plan. You can go at it focused. Right. You're like, I am, I have the summer off. I'm going to go four man plan hardcore for the summer. And then when this project starts up again, I'm going to dial it back, which is another Mm. thing that we don't really know how to do within our society when we're single on this is now my time to focus on myself. And I even teach women within their graphics, like you're a single mom. Block off two for your kids. You don't got time for that. You don't got time for four men. You know what I mean? Like your your kids take up this amount of time and whatever man joins your your situation has got to know that they take up half of your time. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's these types of things where you learn balance and you learn that, you know, as a single woman, you have a choice to pursue a relationship or pursue the company of men or not to. That doesn't mean it won't happen organically, but you get to sort of put the the volume dial on your own love life. I like it because it's methodical, and yet it sounds like it's still adaptable to whatever phase of life you're at. If you have kids, if you don't have kids, you're you're off for the summer. You could go hard at it, and then you could just dial back, and um, it's still... It's still testing, it's still refining, it's still figuring out what you want, and then uh, also within yourself practicing skills, like social skills, yes. relationships. Yeah, skills. your own yeah. relationship and social skills, which will, as you continue along the plan, and it gets easier and easier for you to speak your truth, easier and easier for you to be authentic, right? You start attracting mm. a higher quality of man. And mm-hmm. it is important, like it is whatever phase of life you want. I've seen this now because I've been coaching women privately um, and in groups online and in person. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. the book came out in, originally in you know 2007. So I've been coaching women for a dozen years. When I first did it, I was a single girl who was 28, 29 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'm single again. Earl and I were together for 18 years. We recently mm. divorced and I am back on the plan, right? Now that I yeah. am 20 years older, I am patting my younger self on the back on girl. You came up with the goods, right? Because this is still <laughs> totally functioning for me as a recent divorcee who is mm. not now interested in focusing on one man or finding a, a monogamous relationship at this moment. I'm rebuilding myself, yeah. right? And mm. I'm doing it in the reflection of the four man plan instead of off of the reflection of one man. I can see myself much more clearly and all of my insecurities that, you know, happened because of my divorce and now I'm older and back on the field. It's like, am I even attractive? Right. Mm -hmm. Turns out, yes, I am. Right. So, (laughs) but it took, yeah, it took me four months of doing the plan and coming at it at men going like, am I attracted? Are you finding me attractive? What's going on here? Are you flirting with me? Now I just assume that I'm attractive and that when these men are talking to me, that, that they're most likely interested in me. And then I can behave from that much more powerful place of treating them well and not being insecure and, you know, not friend zoning people that don't want to be friend zoned. Right. So in this different phase of my life, I am now a different four-man planner than I was 20 years ago, but it's still working for me in a way that I'm just amazed at day by day, you know, because I'm in it right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm swimming in it for sure. So um, I'm really curious, uh, since uh, our audience are like Catholics or Christians, um, mm-hmm. one thing that really comes up frequently, especially for women, is just the fact that more women are practicing their faith than men, just like in general. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to find someone who shares your values, often there's this feeling that they're just really aren't any men or like you've already dated everybody that you know at your church or at your youth group or whatever. <laughs> and you've already been on Catholic match and you've already like been yeah. out Catholic match, like keeps suggesting men to you that you have already been out with, yeah. and, you know, and everybody, you know, it, it just, you know, doesn't work. Like, you know, you just, you just know that it's just not working with these guys. So what do you say to women who legitimately feel that they're just, aren't any men for them to date? Well, it really depends on how strongly you need your partner to be exactly like you, Mm. right? In in certain areas. Now, there's the idea of you want a shared vision, right? And then Mm. there's the idea of like people can have a still a strong sense of faith, but not necessarily practice it in the exactly the same way, or they can introduce each other to forms of practicing their faith, right? And expanding their horizons. Because if you're strong within yourself um, and understand how you want to continue your, your practice, then you don't necessarily need your partner to do everything exactly the same way. You know, they're going to introduce you to other things. Now, the type of person, the level of integrity that you're looking for, their ability to accept you as you are, their ability to negotiate boundaries and compromise, especially when you start talking about things like raising children together, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to really come into play. But I think the idea of closing off everyone of a, a not of the same faith, or maybe that they're just not 
associated as strongly with a particular faith, but they have the kind of human qualities that are important to you. You know what I mean? That they have that kind Mm -hmm. of integrity, that they, you know, have a strength within themselves, that they believe in a higher power, that they, you know, operate in, in certain ways. There's a lot of people out there that just weren't raised within or, you know, are, are within a structure that you're a part of. So Mm -hmm. I always advise women to open the field a little bit. The Mm -hmm. other thing too, is like, maybe it's, you can stay within that certain, um, you know, if you really want to stay within your faith. And I had a woman that did uh, a Jewish woman that performed this entirely within her one synagogue. Wow. Wow. Yes. Within a synagogue, you're not even saying yes. just within her community of faith. <laughs> no. One, one synagogue. synagogue. That's... One synagogue. Okay. It was wow. a big one. It was in LA. Um, it was a big one, but she stayed within and she had thought she had exhausted the pool of men within the synagogue. Right. But wow. what she did was in enlist all the boobies. Right. And, <laughs> and let them let them know that, hey, I'm doing basically an old fashioned dance card, which is a lot of what the four man plan is with a modern yeah. twist. Right. So and the 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 boobies that were in their 60s and 70s, and 80s were thrilled, you know, and you also then get to open it up and say, hey, who do you think I should give a try? Mm Right. So now you have this other sense of it where it's like, okay, I'm expanding what I think my type is because I'm going to learn how to um, invest in myself. And that means maybe investing in men that might not necessarily be my cup of tea, but they meet this major requirement in that they sit within a faith that I, you know, am, am really profoundly invested in, right? And expand myself that way, or maybe expand the location in which you find people within your same faith and just start opening things up in those directions. Because, you know, to include other people in your search is, is going to make you see things that, and see men that you never saw before. Right. Mm, Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, I'd like to ask a follow-up though, which is that, so if you are dating someone, um, of a different faith or just different values, um, even within the same faith, it could be, and let's say you have something that you're not going to compromise on, like you're saving sex for marriage. Um, most guys aren't. So like, how do you, uh, kind of approach that in, in dating? Basically. Well, I mean, if we want to take the one example of saving yourself sexually for marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 let's say you've you've not, and you're you're a virgin, and and the man isn't, right? At the point at which he and if he can enter into your graph, no problem. He can even sleep with other women while he's in your graph, no problem, right? At the point at which he asks you to be monogamous or exclusive. And that's when I go back to what I said, they ask you. Um, And when they ask you and why you wait for them to ask you and not the other way around, why I 
do not encourage women to sit down and have the talk with men. Mm. You go about your business. You continually have them. You continually let them know that they are not the only player on the field. And at some point, they're going to get uncomfortable with that and say, hey, I want you to forget those guys and be with me. And you're like, okay, (laughs) that's interesting, right? I'm interested in you that way as well. But these are my boundaries. Mm. Can you agree to them? Mm. And if you can, then let's try being exclusive and monogamous, right? So at that point, this guy who may have been sleeping with other uh, women, who may not have been fully on board with waiting, you know, for you uh, to come around having sex with him, if he becomes very keenly interested in you, suddenly your negotiation becomes very powerful, Hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And you have the power to negotiate that per- personal point of yours, whatever the point might be, but using sex as an example. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a good way to look at it because I think sometimes we should shoot ourselves in the foot of like, oh, I know that so and so's into me, but like he does this or like, you know, like, uh, I know he's into me, but he's not Catholic and whatever. I don't know. And, and so, Oh yeah. I mean, we just like out and out reject guys and before, you know, before even knowing whether they would be willing to look into it or whatever, you know? Right. And initially they might not be right. But, but people change when they pair with someone that's important to them, they take on all kinds of different considerations. I mean, I told, I told Earl when he started moving up in the ranks, right, and he was looking at me with googly eyes, I said to him, listen, you're you're coming at me like you want to have more with me, but I'm going to tell you two things about myself, okay? One is I'm 95 to 99% certain that I don't want to have children, right? The second one, and I've always been like that. I've been like that since I was a kid. It was just Mm -hmm. something that didn't interest me, right? Mm -hmm. And then now that I don't like children, it just didn't feel like my life path. And then the second thing I told him was, and I'm an artist, right? Mm -hmm. And I am never going to get a real job to maintain a lifestyle, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to torture myself with a job that I don't want to stay in a house that I can't afford or blah, blah, blah. So I told him, it was like, if you're down <laughs> with point one and point two, because those are pretty much non-negotiable for me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you would have to, yeah. the, the, especially number two. Number one with the kids, I was flexible on if if they had already had kids or if I felt like, wow, this is the dude I want to have babies with. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. then there was an opening there. It's not like I was shut down. And, but the other thing pretty much was non-negotiable, right? Like I wasn't going to murder myself in an office to pay a mortgage on something that I didn't want. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a hard concept for a lot of people, right? So before I even wanted to get further into a discussion of let's be monogamous, it's like, can you accept me as I am? Yeah, and I think that's that kind of overlaps with your question, Mary Ashley, for a lot of our audience who does hold kind of faith as their core non-negotiable, this is what it is. You know, I think that's the same thing. Uh, Cindy, with you, like the non-negotiable is like, this is the lifestyle I want and I'm not going to, you know, have a traditional job slash role or, you know, et cetera. And 
I think it's great. You know, you're upfront with somebody. If they want to pursue you after knowing that truth, um, then, you know, they already, and I, you know, I want to get more into the practicals of how the boxes and the, you know, percentages and the math works with you, but you know, they move up in rank as you had put it earlier. You know, I, I think it's great to communicate, know exactly what, uh, what you're about and have that other person want you enough to pursue you after knowing all of those things. And I think that's a, exactly. yeah, it's a great place to be as a woman who wants it's to be empowering. pursued. Yeah. I, and I love, I love that. Like, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep dating unless you step it up, buddy. Like if you want me enough, these are, these are the things. These or are my boundaries. if you need time, yeah. like if yes. you need to think about yes. my boundaries as whether or not they would suit your lifestyle, that's fine. I'm going to keep seeing you because as we get to know each other on another level, maybe these other things are become negotiable where you didn't think they were negotiable. I love that. Right? Because I love that. It comes with yes. depth. And so let's get back to the box. So the quarter man is any old dude who's interested in you, you're interested in them, and you believe they qualify or they've certainly not proven themselves to not be honest, loving, and willing, right? So the three tenets that I say, the three things that you need to verify in any man that has any potential is that they are all three of those things that oh, they are honest. Oh man, preach. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The mic. <laughs> yeah. That they are loving, mm-hmm. right. And that they are willing. And that just means that they are willing participants in life. They're willing to hear you out They're You know, they're just a willing type of person. And two out of three of those ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need all three of those to be standing. And so as long as you don't have any evidence to the contrary, right? So if you get involved with, you know, like, let's say you're getting hit on by a married guy. No, it's done. It's already over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. He doesn't even qualify yes. um, to be a quarter of a man, right? So once you've pre-qualified somebody to be a quarter of a man and there's some interest and they have a way to contact you or you have a way to contact them, they become a half because you've at least gone on one date with them and you've told them that you're seeing other people. And I say, give them the four man plan, let them know about it. Give, you know, because a really great guy is going to do his homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to work really- for it. They're going to work for it. <laughs> They're going to work for it. Yeah. They're going to buy the book, read the book, mm-hmm. understand how that they can communicate with you, understand their position in it. Understand that this is not about a game against men. You know, this is very inclusive of men that you might not have even given a chance before or wouldn't even have had a chance with me if I was not doing the four man plan. There's, the men on my graph now, there's several that I would never even consider that are surprising me because I'm just letting them enter my graph, yeah. right? So the whole man, which would be, you know, a, a quarter of your grid, a whole man is someone that you have the kind of discussion with that we just talked about, mm-hmm. right? Now you've gone on several dates. You're becoming interested in each other. Maybe there is a little physical intimacy. And, you know, I have one right now. I keep saying te quiero, right? Which in <laughs> Spanish means it's like, I kind of I I love you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like figuring things out with him. Um, but I, I don't really see any... I don't really see any potential there for a real monogamous relationship, but I have to tell you, he keeps surprising me. Mm-hmm. So from somebody who I went like, you know what, you're really just on my graph because you play a mean guitar and you sing songs with me and I really like that. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? All the way to now. And I was like, wow, you're kind of an impressive guy more than I thought. What I love about this is you're giving people a chance. And like Mary Ashley was saying earlier, it's like we shoot ourselves in the foot because we're not even willing to go down that road to even entertain the idea. Yes. So I really love that. And, And when you say, oh, women think they've exhausted this pool of men, it's like, I doubt it. Right. I doubt that you've been open enough, both as yourself and receiving enough of who they actually are to have say, I've exhausted this pool of men. I'm living on an island with maybe, I don't know, three to five hundred single men, let's say that's that seems high to me. This is a tiny (laughs) island. You know, it's like it's four. It's four miles long, and at its widest point is half wow. a mile. Wow. We're going to go come over and have some drinks. It's an you. island. It, <laughs> it's an island called Isla Mujeres, oh, yeah. oh, which means yeah. island. I, I'm actually writing, writing yeah. a script set on an island that's next door. Isla Olbosch <laughs> is the... Is the Oh, yeah. oh, Obosh. Okay, I know Obosh. I haven't been. I haven't been. But yes, yeah, so even even more. Yeah. Uh, but so here I am in this island with three to five hundred single men. And we all know each other. And I'm only here eight months. And I know almost everybody. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I know almost everybody. Yeah. Right. And I certainly know most of who is in the pool. Now, the two that are mainstays in my graph right now, I never would have even thought that they would have been holding down my graph. I thought one was a hopeless drunk, Mm. right? And I thought the other one, like, I didn't know, I didn't really know, I I didn't really see anything there. He didn't Mm. say much, right? But for me and my faith and my my spirituality, like it was just this last time that he was here, he was like, Wow, your kundalini was really open to me. I was like, What? I think like, first of all, I'm like, how A, how do you know that word? And B, how are you using it correctly in a sentence? <laughs> and it it totally surprised me. Now either he already knew it and is just feeling comfortable enough with me now to start expressing that side of him, or he could kind of see by looking at my place, what I'm interested in. And he did a little homework. Both are great answers. And this is only starting to come about now because we've been, you know, in each other's lives now for 10 encounters. Yeah. I think that that's one big problem with Christian and Catholic dating is that um, people kind of have their masks on for at least the first few dates. And sometimes it even becomes a kind of a competition of like, let's, let's prove who's more Catholic. And then it feels like a weird game show or something where like, then you're both telling like anecdotes about it. And I, I bet I'm like, uh, positive that it happens in other subcultures too or whatever like mm-hmm. like you, you meet at yoga class and suddenly it's like who's more into yoga or whatever yeah. but um then then the conversation is not really about getting to know each other or anything mm-hmm. it's just like here's me kind of showing off and yeah. then then it's really easy to say well I just didn't have chemistry with that person when really like you didn't really have the opportunity no who who you can't know if there's chemistry until both yeah, people exactly. are being authentic. That takes a minute. Yeah. That's why I say chemistry is <laughs> chemistry, right? Because, you know, you're looking for this bolt of lightning to be struck at you, which a lot of times, let's face it, is just pheromone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Truth. 
right? Um, and and that kind of thing. And and a lot of times too, it's like you're you're buying and selling masks. Totally. They're not the real you. And I know that every person that is faith based also has their moments, right? Where they are conflicted and they they don't know if they should follow this particular part of the doctrine or not. And, you know, it's like, when do you get to open up to that with someone if you're being like, you know, competing for yeah, this super yeah, Christian exactly. award? Like, there's not as much room to be vulnerable. And it takes courage to be vulnerable within your faith and express, you know, it is oh your gosh, doubts yes. that you process and work through that build your faith, not I actually destroy listen it, to, right? Sorry, so if ahead, you you're, you're, I was well, just no, you getting on that train because I'm I'm feeling everything you're saying. I was listening to a sermon today actually from a from a church up in Portland, and the pastor was like, "I can't stand 95 to 99 percent of pastors," and he's a pastor, like of pastors and Christians preaching about what? marriage because it's like this pretense of trying to keep the hol- the honeymoon up, you know, even after years and years, and it's like that is all a lie. And I'm like, yes, you know, because you you have the honeymoon phase, but then you have real life. And if you are out of the honeymoon phase, yes. then of course you're going to feel disillusioned and like, this is not the fantasy that I, you know, because that's what Disney has taught us or whatever. And, you know, and I really appreciated his authenticity of just being like 95% of pastors preaching the honeymoon phase of marriage. Like it's, a, it's, it's not true. Like we have to be real, we have to be authentic and we're all, we're a hot mess. Humans yes. are hot messes. <laughs> yes. And that's yeah. the whole point. Right. And, and, you know, even within the four man plan. So I have one, principle, which is the chick's chick angle, right? And it's like I said before, you find out a man is in a relationship or married, you Mm -hmm. lean back. That's Mm -hmm. the angle, right? And now here I am on this Isla and I, I, I developed this mad crush on this guitar player only to find Mm -hmm. out that he's married, right? And he's been flirting back and I've been flirting with him and I test my own theory, Right. Because like now I'm in a struggle because I don't understand the culture. I don't know the island. I'm in a whole nother country. You know, I've been disillusioned about marriage Mm. through my own marriage. Right. So I'm struggling with this chick's chick angle, which was is a tenet of my (laughs) own creation. Right. And so like here I am going like, oh, God, I just want to kiss him so bad and he's leaning in right what do i do what do i do and i am up against this for weeks right and i even meet his wife because it's this tiny tiny town and i struggle with it back and forth and i don't do anything but in the end you know i i tell myself do i need to be the moral upholder of their marriage if he's already told me he's had affairs with other women you know it's like i was like am i the one i'm not going to be the one who breaks it like i went around and around and around right and in the end the chick's Mm. chick angle won i'm glad (laughs) right because i couldn't live with it yeah but you know what i pushed it and i had to push it because not pushing it was making me Mm. inauthentic it was make it's like this is the first person i've been attracted Mm. to since my husband you know what i mean it's like and i'm just gonna let this go completely you know what I mean? And he's, he's, so I just went like, you know what, let me just push it to the limit in which I know that if she came knocking on my door, I could live with mm. telling her the truth. 
That was my line that as a woman, I could speak to that woman and say, this is what I felt. This is what happened. And I can look you in the eye and tell you what happened and, 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 and live with it. Right. So that was the line that I drew for myself. But within that, I, I dabbled, I danced, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I think that people within the struggle is real, man. And I think within faith, you have those same struggles. And it's important that if you're looking for a faith-based coupling, that that is on the table all the time as a couple, instead of somebody, you know, you have a pastor, you have a church, you have somebody who's trying to maintain your faith with you. What you need is some way that you have the courage to yeah. be vulnerable. Wow. With yes, absolutely. That's amazing. So I, so I am curious when you were talking about like your patterns before and how you were kind of just a hot mess and projecting everything through the four man plan, did you figure out why you had been doing that? Yeah, I mean, it was my daddy issues, right? So, um, yeah, so I, my yes. type, my thing was that I wanted somebody who didn't want me to oh, turn course, around and want me. Oh, of course, unavailable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, so I wanted to convert an emotionally unavailable man and make oh, him yeah. emotionally available. Now my husband within my graph was the only one that was emotionally available to me. Right. And so I had to go like, am I going to keep pursuing all of these emotionally unavailable men in which the three or four of them really only added up to enough interest of one man. Right. Whereas my husband at the time was entirely emotionally available and invested in me. And so I went like, why am I looking to these guys to try to fix that broken piece in me um, through this nonsensical way that's unhealthy, right? Or I can make this really great choice for myself and absorb what it feels like to be around somebody who's actually emotionally available for me. Mm. So now I'm looking at because, you know, the, 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 dissolution of my marriage. Now I'm discovering, you know, how do I resolve what did and didn't happen in my marriage? And what am I carrying into these new encounters with these new men that aren't, aren't for them to, to heal? You see what I'm saying? They're for me to heal. I don't need to pick one man to try to fix what happened with my, my husband. I need to fix that within myself. Yeah. And discover so things on a, within myself. So on a practical level then, because now you're retesting all of these theories from 20 years ago that, that you did and you're doing them again, like on a practical level, how does a quarter of a quarter of a man <laughs> become a whole man? Like how does one move? So it goes, it's really through that connection, right? So when I first took on this, um, this singer, um, it, it, it was just a very, very unlikely. I had a lot of judgment around him. You know, I thought he was a great performer. And so he, when he first expressed interest in me, I said, you know, listen, music is going to come first for me. So if you want to play music with me, let's go with that. And by the way, there's other men, right? So immediately I have Tim. And then as we had our encounters with music, 
he started to grow on me. And then he started to show me other sides to himself and tell me more about himself because I wasn't emasculating him. I didn't friend zone him. I just said, this is going to go really, really slow because there are flags on the field for me. Right. So now he's become a whole man because of the level of honesty and closeness that we've had. Um, we, we spend time together like every other day. We spend a little bit of time together which is possible on a <laughs> tiny island. You know what I mean? And then and then the one spot, which is the two and a quarter, that only there's only room for one of those, and that mm-hmm. is for my lover, right? So he's got to hold steady as this whole man. Now, there's also the wait for sex index, and as I make him wait for sex, he is pursuing me in an, in an mm. entirely different way. Right. So he's pursuing me by including me with his friends and family, inviting me, you know, to that for him to make dinner, inviting, you know, me to come and sing and play with him Mm -hmm. in public venues, um, inviting me, you know, to teach me how to do certain things or show me secret parts of the island. And we don't we have a little bit of physical contact, but just enough for him to know Mm -hmm. I'm not friend zoning you, but I have a lover and I'm not going to get rid of that lover right? Because it's helping me grow these other relationships. And he's willing. And then when they say, well, yeah, and he's willing, he's willing to do that. And, and when, when people ask me, well, why would he be willing to do that? I was like, because he knows subconsciously, if he becomes my lover, I would give him the same respect. Interesting. Even if I was dating other people, I told him I have a lover and I only have one lover. I'm not interested in sleeping around. Now, let's say you have a faith-based person who wants to wait for sex, then they would say that I'm already, like, let's say their line is that they don't mind kissing Uh, and making out. Your own. So if they're already kissing, yeah. You have have the slide rule of intimacy, I say, where you dial in, what are you only willing to do with one person? Maybe that's just holding hands. Because I have 16-year-olds that do this plan. I'm like, let's go. we're going to pick who your two and a quarter is. Your two and a quarter is the person mm-hmm. that you hold hands oh, with. interesting. Yeah. 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 Do you see what I'm saying? I, so so then your whole man becomes, you know, we, we, yes, we yeah. keep dialing it down. Maybe your two and a quarter is somebody that you're willing to kiss. Then your whole man, as far as you would go, is just... Yeah, and I, again, I love it because it is right? flexible with any kind of lifestyle. The point the point is, is drawing boundaries of like, you know, this is my two and a quarter man. This is my, you know, I don't know. I don't want to label people. But, you know, uh, you have several people that you're quote unquote dating. But until you get to a point where this is the guy that is completely monogamous and takes up the entire graph, you know, for some people maybe that's a husband for some people maybe that is just the one monogamous relationship um people have their own Mm -hmm. set of values that they can still apply this to and i kind of love it i yeah exactly it it lays as a template on top and this is why i do private coaching because people are like how do i lay this template on what my values what my ultimate relationship goals are you know at the present moment because my present goals are only to rediscover Mm -hmm. myself and gain my power i am not ready i just was with somebody for 18 years i'm just figuring out who i am i actually need to be with myself right so there the end game now is very different for me which is like can i just enjoy myself and be with myself and not try to attach myself yeah. to one of these men 
not be agenda oriented of finding a single man. If it happens, what a pleasant surprise, right? And this is the same when people say like, well, I'm looking for the one man, but I've been on the plan for a year. And meanwhile, in that year, they've completely developed as humans and evolved and discovered who they are. And every man in their graph is of a different quality yeah, than when they started. That is so That's important enough to see the the benefits of being of all the positives that come with dating and being single rather than just focusing on what you don't have, which is the husband that you want or whatever. Um, but looking at it like, okay, where I am and where am I in my personal growth and what is yeah. this teaching me? And, and, you know, and being completely unafraid to date a yeah. lot. And, and, yeah, date a lot and open yourself up because you'd be surprised yeah. what comes to you when you're this open, non-judgmental, not trying to fit everybody into this thing right away. When you're not that woman, you'd be surprised how much just comes to you. You don't have to go out running and hunting. You know what I mean? It's like, like there's this opening that happens within you that is luminescent mm, to the opposite yeah. sex. You know, they're really, really attracted to someone who is exploring themselves, right? And that is, is really open to them regardless of who they are. And we really need to take dating out of this chore yeah. and dread category you know if you ask any woman who's been in a relationship or married for five plus years she would die mm-hmm. to do the format <laughs> just vicariously through you you know like like everybody yeah. wants what they don't have you know and I tell women it's like this experience that you're having as a single woman is delicious. <laughs> and there is a lot of loss that is going to come with gaining the thing that you think mm. that you want more than anything. And you are missing all the benefits of being single because you're singly focused on a gain and you don't, you're not even experiencing. Wow. I love that. Like just are. including yeah. mindfulness in the stage in life where you are, because yeah, you know, t- things tend to be greener on the other side, but I love that even within a faith oriented culture, we can look at like sing- being single as a blessing and not putting marriage as making it an idol in our life, yeah. you know, and then the opposite, you know, like being married, right. and not, you know, like we had our day in the sun, being able to date and all that, like, let's cherish our memories and let's cherish our futures and, um, and just being where you are and, and basking in the blessing of what the now is. I think I love that. Yeah. yeah. But I will Absolutely. ask you, so for the woman who's like, I'm just so sick of dating, I hate everything. <laughs> what do you suggest? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Asking for a friend. Um, what, what do you suggest? Uh, like in terms of how can we go back to actually enjoying dating? Like any, and, and you can give any suggestions in terms of like what to actually do on a date or just like how to enjoy yourself when you're there you know, even if the guy is insufferable, (laughs) for example. Okay. So, so here's what you want to practice and you need this when you're in a long-term relationship, right? So is you have to become your Mm -hmm. own best company, right? 
So that's one thing that I'm going to suggest is, is that you, you, you learn to be within yourself and with yourself and with your God, right? On any encounter, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. for, first and foremost. And secondly, I would really suggest for women to mm-hmm. return to the beginner mind, because we think we know it all. We think we've dated all the guys. We meet someone like, oh, I know him. I dated him six guys ago, right? He's this, this, and that. It's like, take all that salty crustiness <laughs> away from your eyes and your heart, image. right? Remove the scales. You're, you're, you don't know, right? Let yourself go back. And this is why one of the things I have women, you have to admit this when you're entering into the four-man plan. Mm-hmm. Just admit it. You suck at love a little bit. You know what I mean? You you do. You you just just let yourself fall and mm. and say and humble yourself and say maybe I don't know there is everything there is to know mm. because I'm not successful it's at it. Learning. And maybe I should apply a system and turn to women who don't and this is the other thing. Don't get your dating <laughs> advice from single women. No, no, no. You don't get money advice from people who are broke, you don't get your mm. dating advice and sit around talking about mm. men with single women. You talk to women who mm. are successful at it and get their advisement and go back to a humble mm. beginner's mind. Even with me as a woman who was like three, four years ago, yeah. I'd be like, tell you, I got this. Mm. Right. And then my marriage started to fall apart. And I had to return Mm. now to beginner's mind, right? Which is like, I don't know anything. I need to fall to my knees and, and look up and be like, help, you know what I mean? Help. I'm down. I, I, something broke, something didn't work. And I really, and and you can ask anybody who's come from a, a marriage that didn't succeed. And my husband and I are friendly. There's not animosity between us, but we could not Mm. figure out how to stay together and ask anyone if they have not returned to a place where they go like, I don't know Mm. anything about Mm. anything about love and rebuild yourself step by step. So by doing something with structure, by doing something that helps you evolve and focus Mm. on yourself and not the other. Yeah. Right. The mistake that a lot of us make is we say like, okay, I've got this weird feeling. I mean, this is, this is, this is the goal that I've been working with lately is like, I get a feeling from someone, right? I say like, okay, the correct question to ask yourself is what is that feeling? They seem angry. Okay. Mm. The feeling is they seem angry. That is probably correctly Mm -hmm. and intuitively correct. Right. The incorrect add on that we all tend to do is Mm -hmm. what is this feeling about me? They seem angry. Mm -hmm. What did I do? Mm. No, Mm -mm. they see me again in reverse. Right. I am being I'm with somebody and I go like I have this judgment on them. Right. If I take them out of the equation, I go like I have judgment. Mm -hmm. Now I have to work on the fact that I have judgment on someone right out of the gate for no reason. I have no attachment to them. I don't need them to do anything for me. Why do I need to have judgment about who they are or where their life is? I need to look at the fact that I have judgment about them and I just take them out of the equation. I have judgment, right? So that is a way that you can 
take this experience of dating and turn it into a spiritual practice of anything. Yeah, that's really, really cool. (laughs) Yeah, so try that for your friend. We'll report back in six months and see how we do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want, if you want us to talk again, when you've been doing this and we can, you know, speak with your friend or whoever (laughs) personally about how they're moving through this, it might be helpful for the people that are following. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? Because I've done this with other, yeah, with other podcasts, like let's pick a subject, let's let them run the plan for a few weeks and then let's talk to them personally about their experiences and they can be anonymous, you know what I mean? Well, that's that's awesome and it gives us great hope for maybe the next time and we are so grateful for that generosity of your time and your wisdom. As we as we do kind of close up, I wish we could spend more time because it's so fascinating. But just for purposes of this podcast, what is kind of a last impression you want to give of this plan of your book or last, Any last, words, you last words of wisdom that we can? Yeah. You know, the, the big thing in my book that I say over and over is mm, have fun. I love it. it. <laughs> and really what it is, is like, if you're not having fun doing this, even in sort of the hinky, sketchy moments, because the fun is the continuum of your mm. own self-discovery, but also to find the fun in the moment and allow fun to be your mm. North star instead I of your it. agenda of, of, a pursuit of a final outcome, which nobody feels comfortable. Yeah, because it's like with, dating a used car salesman, right? So if yeah. you, yeah, it's so gross, you know. And girls don't get that they are vibing that so hard, and it is such a clean <laughs> turn off, you know. So that would be my one piece of advice: is like let that feeling of levity that mm. you're lit up be your north star. You know what I mean? And that's all fun is, is that you're in the moment and you feel the levity and the light of what's going on, you know, and then you can notice too, if somebody's taking your light, you know, then that's a really great way to evaluate as well without it being about the car they drive or how, how strong of faith they have or anything like that. Do they light you or Mm. do they shadow you? Right. That, that's a great measurement and to allow that to be your North star instead of the end That's lovely. That's lovely. And I think that's true for any relationship, Um, particularly, of course, we are talking about dating, but just even some of the regular advice, just general advice you've been giving, just the people in your life, you know, it it matters who you let in your circle of influence or friends, you know. Um, And then when you're applying this to a four-man plan, uh, I think it's a great way to look at how are you letting people in your life and then methodical way eliminating those people to become a bigger part of your life. Cause then you only have so much room. Yeah. So right. that's great. Yes. There really is a limited amount of space, but there's more space than you think there is. Mm. Right. Because people become, mm. which is the great yeah, takeaway. Like there is a lot more space. Than there's you think. much more space when you are in a place to be authentic all the time. People don't tire you out. Right. So that applies to dating as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you have... Because you're not pretending. You're not putting all your effort into... (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's good advice. Good. (laughs) So where can people find your book? Or uh, 
uh, where can they find you if they are interested in coaching? Oh, yeah, we'll add them to the show Great. notes. It's the four man plan.com. The, the four is spelled out. So T H E F O U R man plan.com. And they can purchase the book there or they can find it on Amazon. It's also uh, on, uh, I think there's the ebook version and I think there's also a, an audible version. So, and then my, my coaching is available through that link as well. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll definitely include all of that. All in of that. The show notes. Yeah. That's great. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you, Cindy. Thank you so much. I know it's been a hot minute where we were trying to plan for all of this. I'm so glad we got to find it. It always happens at the right time. You know, it really does. And I agree. I agree. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, we really appreciate it. And um, thank you yeah, so much. Thank, thank you so you. much. Let's find our volunteer. We'll talk again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been another episode of Fishers of Men. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men. Follow us on Twitter at at LAGONFishing or on Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There is an underscore after each word. Please also remember to rate and make comments on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It's really important so that other people can discover our podcast. I'm Laura Samir Sams. I'm Mary Asher Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.